slash and cast. Welcome back, fiends, to Handle Whisker, presented by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Our show discusses horror movies and the phobias they emphasize. With the year wrapping up, we've been taking a look back at some of our fiendish favorites from 2023. Before I introduce tonight's film and my co-host, just a few general reminders you can stay connected with the podcast over on X at Handle Whisker. Be sure to join us every... Uh, Tuesday for our Twisted Tuesday watch parties at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time, and that's over at kick.com forward slash totally drunk. As always, I'm joined by my co-host Grindhouse Zombie and Zombie. You know, said it on the last episode, uh, I think it's pretty safe to say that the Fiends had a pretty damn good time last night with tonight's featured film, uh, both in regards to... Uh, the three Bs, a little bit of V, uh, a character that is very, uh, relatable to one of our regulars, uh, for reasons, <laughs> which we'll get into. Uh, we have Candyland, uh, which was released earlier in the year, uh, and one, one of those movies that I was like, all right, I, I saw the synopsis, well, I saw the poster first, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna go in see what this movie is about, and I was just absolutely floored by this movie the first time I saw it, and uh, so we're going to rewatch it uh, after what's essentially been 11 months at this point in time. Uh, definitely still had a lot of fun with it, so I cannot wait to dive into this one. It, to be honest, I thought it was probably going to be like a softcore porn that you watched and just had a creative name. Um, so... Uh, we watched it last night, uh, and you're right. It it generated a lot of conversation. And one of the first quotes I remember is like, well, getting right to it. And it was like, <laughs> and literally in the intro credits, we've got a young lady in a semi, yeah, ball in a trucker. And to be honest, at first that cemented my like, yep, this is going to be a softcore <laughs> porn. And I I need to... I don't know. I, I need I need to help T somehow. I like there's got to be a cause or something I can send money to. Uh, shockingly enough, uh, <laughs> watching it last night, I got through it and I was like, oh, that was a that was a pretty good movie. And then I watched it again today. And you know what? It is eh, honestly, it ended up in like my top seven of the year, <laughs> which I would not have called. The first time I watched it, but there's a lot going on here. And there, this movie has. For the fact that it has a Baldwin in it, um, it, it normally, I mean, unless it was the movie Vampire, then, then you can have Baldwin's all day long. Um, I wouldn't have thought that this would have risen to the top like this, but this was a damn good movie. And yeah, it's definitely got the three B's. And like we said, now we've changed the zeitgeist. It's not the three B's and a V. So that's that's the new standard every horror movie ever. So <laughs> if you're not going to throw a V in there, I'm not even going to bother. Um, 
But at the same time, the stories that it told, um, the perspectives of the people in it, um, what they wanted to do with their lives, what they had to do to get by. Uh, This was grindhouse gritty all over the place. Um, But it was really well made. Um, And anytime you can throw in a religious doomsday cult, you're always going to get me. So, I mean, yeah, shit. I... I'm just gonna give you the. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the silent slow clap. Cause <laughs> you, you honestly, you, you nailed this one. This one was. This one was good. It was really good. Yeah. So uh, for anyone who would listen to our uh, Dormouse episode, I basically said, "Oh, don't worry. Like my my next one is gonna have the uh, sex work connection." Uh, and for you know, we went from a movie that dealt with. Uh, sexual violence uh and kind of like tiptoed around it uh this movie does the opposite so we're gonna get both ends of the spectrum in this case uh but Candyland, as you mentioned on our twisted tuesday uh watch party obviously no correlation to the board game at all uh the synopsis is a seemingly naive and devout young woman navigates her way into the underground world of truck stop sex workers aka lot lizards uh, so this movie is set in the 90s, uh, and, you know, Candyland joins a group of truck stop parking lot sex workers uh, consisted of Sadie, Riley, Liv, and Levi. And, of course, you know, this is a group of people who earn a living by pleasing others. Uh, but, of course, those sort of antics do uh, catch the attention of the local religious zealot. Uh, and of course, you know, a dead body turns up on their turf, which draws the ire of the local sheriff, uh, Rex, uh, who, you know, begins to investigate. And we also have, like, our newcomer, uh, Remy, uh, who arrives into this group, uh, formerly of this uh, religious group, uh, in this case. Uh, So we've essentially gone from our Dormouse to now having, as, uh, you know, you adopted her yesterday, our our Church Mouse. And definitely uh, complete opposites in regards to the characters. But, you know, I I, I love the fact that, like, my my picks for, for this month had some similarities to one another. But, man, like... I love the fact that, like, okay, like, I know this is a Grindhouse movie. I didn't know it was a Grindhouse movie when I first watched it. And then opening with the sex scene right out of the gate, I'm like, all right, it's out of the way. Like, we're not going to go back to this. But sure enough, it did. Violence gets over the top, as you would come to expect. But I I love with this religious group, obviously, you have that moment when it's like, it's like you're you're not past the point of salvation. I can still save you. And just the interaction between like the 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 main religious guy and these prostitutes is just one of those things that just makes me cackle so much because it's just like of course that is the the sort of like response that you expect to see from them. It's like, oh, you want to have like that come to Jesus moment? Let me show you the pearly gates and spread eagle. <laughs> okay so yes i mean that that i think it's i think it's rare when you have a movie like this 
where I'm going to back up. When it comes to the religious side of things, the one thing that has always baffled me is that you have to give the head religious guy like the creepiest facial hair. Ever. <laughs> I, I've never, I've never really understood that. Um, I can understand how it makes them creepier. Um, at the same time, it's like, why is that super necessary? But I also think that it was, I mean, obviously I enjoyed it because I'm alive and I have a pulse, but when they have, uh, I think his name is Theo. When they have Theo, you know, confronting sort of the group about their salvation and all the things that they can do and live just kind of parts the Red Sea there and gives them the full on money shot. I mean, that's not something I think that we see where we, we show that, you know, the, the one person who is casting the aspersions, and the other person is going, well, what are you going to do about it? Um, I, it, and it was off-putting in the best way, if that makes sense. Like, because I'm a fan of vagina, so sure, show me some. That's great. But at the same time, he comes... Everything about him is also off-putting, so it's like I, I trying to take those two things and having the, the, the proverbial bulls lock horns right out of the gate is something kind of rare. It's like they... It kind of was almost like a little bit of a standoff, but at the same time, it's like, fine, you do your thing, I'm going to do my thing, and everybody kind of goes their separate ways. But at the same time, it's... This movie starts so hot and heavy with these women, their sexuality. I think the big difference between this and Dormouse is that the, the women in this one are not afraid of their sexuality. They know exactly who they are. And movie does not paint them as people that are quote-unquote put upon it actually paints the people that come to visit them as the the lowlifes i guess let's call them you know and these are just people that are making their way it's their day job and they stop and they have lunch and they have smoke breaks and they do whatever you know it's just this is just how they get by um you know that there is a little bit later in the movie. There's definitely, oh, uh, there's some sexual violence. There is so to be warned, people. There's definitely some, but it's not. It's more singular than it is with Dormouse, whereas they just every interaction in the whole movie is, in some way, shape, or form. A derogatory to somebody um most of this movie what happens what you see is transactional you know it's 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 walking up and paying for your gas um it so but as they get deeper into it i mean boy do things change quickly um but at the same time there are so many characters in this movie i mean and it, it's not often you have a movie that takes a woman who is a a lot lizard or a sex worker and makes them interesting and makes them people that you're kind of curious as to what they're going to do next. Um, You know, I think in this movie, I think probably between Riley and Liv are probably your two most sort of just free characters. They're just kind of doing whatever whatever they're going to do. But I think you also have Sadie and Levi who are Probably mostly Sadie, who is very conflicted. Um, 
Sadie is obviously conflicted about whether she should use a razor on parts of her body. Um, but then Levi, who is conflicted about what he's doing and, you know, how he's going to find his way in the world and sort of find love and do all these other things like that. Um, this is another one of those movies that, as you're watching it, it sort of makes you think. Um, but it also makes you like some of the characters. But at the same time, that the sort of religious overtone to the whole thing, it's it it's grounding in a way. Like it makes you makes you stop and think, well, is this the best lifestyle? And for the record, I'm not judging anybody. You live your life the way that you want. I don't give a shit. But it it does make you sort of go, hmm, is this what I would probably do in this situation? And more often than not for this one, probably, yeah. Yeah, so we we have our our church mouse, Remy, who uh, essentially flees the control of, you know, the religious uh, zealot in this case. Uh, Really has no place else to turn to uh, but Candyland in this case. Uh, And, you know, Sadie does offer Remy sanctuary to stay with them. Uh, But, of course, that comes at a cost. You know, it's definitely one of those moments where it's like, you know, if you know, you're going to stay here, you know, you're going to have to work. Like, you know, we'll we'll give you your room, you'll have your own bed, your own place to crash, you know. And, you know, you can do with it what you want, but uh, you got you got to earn your keep because, uh, you know, that's just the way of life, uh, you know, at this point. So, you know, Remy being a church mouse, of course, very... Uh, very guarded, very, like, obviously, like, she's not wearing any revealing clothing when we meet her, you know, she's basically looking like she's coming straight out of, like, the Colonial Cafe, or, like, like, if she was, like, Mormon, <laughs> essentially, uh, very covered up, uh, but, you know, as she infiltrates, you know, this group, you know, the bodies start to to pile up. Uh, now, it's it's very interesting taking the approach of, like, dealing with sex work and really taking the time to, like, get to know uh, the prostitutes in this movie. Uh, but, of course, like, obviously, like, sex is thrown into the mix with this. Uh, but it's not really, like, glamorized or, like, fetishized uh, in regards to, like, the approach that it takes to the sex workers. Uh, you know, a lot of it, as you mentioned, is transactional. And... You know, obviously, like, you, you, you do kind of have that discussion when it comes to, like, the church mouse and uh, the group about, like, well, how can you do this? Like, how can you sell yourself? And, of course, they have that discussion of, well, I've I've worked the 9-to-5 job. Like, why, why would I go back to that sort of life when I can make more income? Basically, like, I can make a week's pay just by doing you know one gig you know so it's like it's 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 very easy for um you know some of these characters to like do what they do just knowing that uh it's provided for them a lot a lot more than you know like the traditional job in in a sense but you know, like, they, they all have a home here, you know? So, like, much like in Dormouse, like, obviously, like, you have, like, the mama character uh, who, you know, is looking out for for her girls in this case. Um, 
but it's it's also one of those scenes where it's like obviously this group they they look out for one another but you do have that that one moment where you know sexual violence gets turned up and you get to that point where um you know in this case like it's it's not against any of the the girls it's against Levi in this case which like in in regards to like horror movies hasn't been done a ton like obviously with you know sexual assault like so many times like it's it's against female characters but in this case that's definitely uh not the case but you do have that revenge aspect hit immediately you know it's not like a i spit on your grave where you know it, it takes like a lot of build-up you know you get that sort of payoff right out of the get-go but of course it leads to like this really weird interaction between uh levi and the sheriff because the sheriff is infatuated by you know the young gun, so to speak, you know, even though he's like a married man and, you know, he has a wife and she cooks and she cleans and she just like all of this shit. But like she doesn't have that wow factor uh, as as Rex had put it. I think everybody has to find their own thing in life. Um, and. So I'm not a gay dude, obviously. Um, I do think that you're right that having in a horror movie and a slasher movie uh, having the predominant like the predominant really violent scene having having it be um, you know the gay lot lizard having it be predicated on him um, I'll be honest I think it was really fucking bold Um, at the same time the scene itself is really hard to watch and it's not hard to watch because it's two dudes fucking it's hard to watch because it's a fucking violation. It's a crazy violation. Um, it's one of the one of the times in this movie where I it was, and I I've used this before, but I'm gonna say it again. It made me feel yucky. Like, why would you do that to another person? Like, I just like why? I I don't. It, the sex work in this movie obviously is in the forefront, but with the characters a lot of it ultimately takes a back seat to like who they are and who they're trying to be. Um, I think the sheriff is a, he's really a poignant character in this because he knows what's going on. He, I mean, he, he is, it, it's plain as day to him. He is, he, it's open book policy with him, right? He knows what's going on here. Um, the one thing I never... So I've, I've only watched this movie twice now, last night and today. The one thing that I'm a little lost on is the very first dead body we see, the guy in the bathroom stall, after um, Riley comes out of the bathroom stall and is thanking the truck stop gods that she got her period. Who killed that guy? I still don't... I'm still not 100% sure who killed that guy. But what I love about the sheriff is that the sheriff comes here... He understands what's happening here. He understands that, you know, this whole machinery that happens here is a little bit sketchy. Mm -hmm. And he he ultimately a lot of times becomes kind of the cleanup guy where he just he hauls the the hefty bag wrapped body off in the bed of his pickup truck and just smiles while he's doing it. (laughs) 
Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, that's a good point. Like, I haven't really thought too much about that. I, I was always just assuming that that was like Remy's first kill. But who knows? And, and maybe, um, but it seemed because they did uh, throughout the course of the movie, they sort of did a good job of like throttling up her violence because the first kill that they show you is when she has her first quote unquote date. And it's like an 80 year old priest. Mm-hmm. And he takes out his teeth to give her some oral pleasure. And she breaks his neck with her thighs. Now, a, I want to meet that girl because <laughs> I bet she's fun. Um, but at the same time, it's like, so they, they led me to believe that that was her first foray into that. The odd thing was, is that when she was kind of indoctrinated into the group and she was, you know, Nora, who was the mama character, sort of took her under her wing, even when they quote unquote dressed her up in something sexy, it wasn't all that sexy. It was very, it was very demure. You know, it was, it was very, uh, you know, we just got married in a Catholic church and it's my wedding night kind of, um, attire. Um, at the same time, it kind of worked for her character. So it was, it was weird how that kind of worked, but I still, yeah. So I still wonder who killed that first guy because I still don't know. And it's bugging the shit out of me, to be honest, it's bugging the shit out of me. Uh, for most of our characters, I'm going to, I'm going to say that the one that I found probably the most interesting was Sadie. Um, and I think I found her the most interesting because she seemed to be the one that as her character went through the movie was slowly becoming more conflicted because they showed her being like the consummate working girl, just going from truck to truck to car to truck to car to truck to car to truck to car, just do it. But then, you know, there's a point where that's like they show her and it's, she's gotten that pamphlet from the church group and you know, and then she's kind of, she's in the shower and she's got the, I mean, she's obviously not a blonde, if you know what I mean. She's got the, kind of got the hairy armpit, which I, I hate to say this, I sort of dig. I'm not sure why. Um, but that shower scene sort of, even though she had some more encounters after that, that sort of felt like a little bit of like a cleansing for her. Like what she was like trying to figure out what she was doing and she was kind of like trying to wash away all her sins. And, um, between that and then the interactions with that f- fucking weirdo and his weird facial hair, that guy Theo, I mean, there was some stuff there that, and I'm, you know, and again, second watch, I'm still trying to understand some of this, but again, this is one of those movies where if you, if you look at the description of it, it doesn't seem like it's going to have a lot going on. And then when you watch it, there's a lot of dynamics at play here, and a lot of it is it's really fun to watch. It's it's fun to watch our characters as they try to grow, but then they ultimately sort of don't. Mm-hmm. Um so I'll say it again, man. I I was hesitant when you suggested this, especially looking at the like you go to IMDB and go, I'm like, oh dude, come on. <laughs> and you know, and admittedly I 
I think because uh, just because of the pace of this movie, I liked it more than Dormouse. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's like this movie is honestly it's it's dark. It's fucking dark. Um, it, uh, you know, I'm gonna leave it right there. I think this movie was dark, um, but at the same time, when you can throw the three Bs and then occasionally a V at me. You're gonna have me, <laughs> pretty much. I'm. It's it's fish on. Just go ahead and reel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so obviously, like this group, uh, you know, they enjoy the money uh, that comes with the work. Uh, they also enjoy the security that the job provides them. Um, and you know, it's it's very obvious, like really early on, that you know this this core unit is very close. Uh, so. It does a really good job at like drawing us in as a viewer, uh, and you know, it, it regardless of like what their line of work is, you know, this is a group that like we we want to spend more time with, and obviously like with the addition of our church mouse Remy being added into the mix, obviously like that is kind of a, a combustible element that could like uh, destabilize you know the group, but it doesn't really like disturb like kind of like their their equilibrium, like they're really quick to. Uh, <laughs> you know, provide for her and, like, bring her in, like, show her the ropes. Like, we, we have, essentially, like, our lot lizard training montage, you know, getting her ready for all of her reps and, <laughs> and whatnot. So it's, like, I, I love that, like, in just about... I'm not going to say every movie, but it's, like, with our with our montages, we've, we've hit just about, like, every sort of possible angle that you could hit with these at this point in time. And, like, I, I felt like this was really, like, the last notch on the belt <laughs> that, we, that we needed to hit. And, uh, boy, didn't we. Ah, man. I don't think, yeah, I mean, I, I think about, like, the mean one in the montage we had there. I think about Santa Shark. We had a, we, we had a hell of a montage there. Um, yeah, I don't think any of us we talked about or had the how to be a whore 101. I, I, I don't think, and like, I didn't realize that if you backed into a parking spot at a truck stop, that meant you were, you know, ready for noggin or if somebody flashed your lights or if you walk into a restroom and you, you tapped your, you like when I'm in a restroom and I'm taking a dump, I just tap my feet cause I'm nervous. I didn't realize <laughs> I was you know, because I don't know what's going to happen. I didn't realize that I was inviting the person in the next stall to come on over. I didn't know that. Um, so, I mean, that's... But I think that's what... A, that's a big piece of what made these characters um, A, believable, but more personable, too. It's like they, they had this real-world experience that I had no idea about. You know, so, like I said, next time I'm at a gas station and somebody flashes my lights, I'm going to be like... <laughs> Like you buying, you selling? I don't know. I, I don't know what's happening, you know. Um, but it made it very real world, and it made it very. It took it to a place where it oversimplified it, but that's the scary part: mm-hmm. is that it oversimplified it. So that was I, to me the, you know, the going to college and looking up Hooker One Hundred One. I didn't know it was a class, but hey, awesome. That's uh, sign me up. I'm gonna. I want to see. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, you know, early on, uh, when the murders are happening, a lot of them are happening off screen. Uh, so it really gives us some more time and attention to, to spend on, like, Remy's story. Uh, so, like, obviously, like, with her being integrated into, into the group, uh, there's a lot of those sort of, like, 
fish out of like water type elements that kind of like creep into the plot here. Uh, so, so in a way, it's kind of like a coming of age story in regards to like Remy and you know as she's like growing, really enter like womanhood, really, because uh, you know she does have like her first sexual encounter, and you know the the lot lizards uh, give her like a, a cupcake to celebrate her her V day. <laughs> Yeah, not knowing that she killed the guy with her thighs and he's underneath the bed. Yep. I mean, uh, but I think that's a that's an interesting thing in this movie where, where for her, all of her encounters, the one was with the priest, and he took his teeth out to go down south. The another one was with a trucker in a truck who was like snapping his fingers and like get on it, lady, and then. Another one was with a guy who's like, I've never done this before. I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. So, like, it kind of, like, showed you all of the, like, all of the different prefaces of what's happening, you know. And so it almost took her, it took her character and made her, instead of somebody who was learning, like, somebody who was almost more confused. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, I don't know. Because, like, for me, it's like I'm watching this and it's like there's a moment where other than the trucker because the trucker was just a fuckhole he was just an asshole and well i suppose the the priest who took his teeth out was kind of an asshole too it was maybe the one guy who was like i've never done this before i don't really know what to do and he's like i suppose i'm just kind of lonely and i wanted the touch of a woman and it's like that guy forgive me that's pretty fucking relatable i mean it's not it's not one of those things where you're like i don't know what you're talking about like we've all been there at one point in our lives but the rest of them, it's like, but so they kind of give her every sort of every facet of the gem as she's mm-hmm. going through this. And they're all different. And so it there there was a spot in there where it was like, oh, maybe she's learning a little bit about these people. And maybe she doesn't know as much as she thought she knew. But turns out she didn't really care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so obviously a lot, a lot of uh, Kenny Lynn, you know, pits the girls and Levi against, uh, you know, the religious type morals. Uh, more like uh, with an emphasis on like how detrimental the local zealot and the the, the beliefs of this cult are. Uh, and you know, obviously like they're kind of like painted as like the bad guys uh, in this picture. Um, but you know, we 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 have like that counter view being presented, uh, you know, through through Nora and like during like the whole like uh, you know indoctrination of uh, you know our our church mouse. Uh, the story like really like takes a turn to where it's like it's showing like how many desperate people uh, like how they can be and like it really highlights that everyone is capable of kind of like bending their will uh, of others to really like suit their own agenda. Now, what what Church Mouse's agenda is, uh, we really don't know until like later on, uh, you know, in the movie. Uh, but, you know, obviously, like after like the, the first uh, kill in this case with, uh, you know, with the priest after like we have that moment of like her not really knowing what to do when it's. You know, you have like that moment where she's like, well, well, what can I do for you? And like the guy like turns it around. It's like, well, you can't really do anything for me, essentially. Like he's he's there to like kind of like ease her in into the work. Uh, so, uh, you know, the best way to do that is to go down on her. And of course, you know, you have like the, the thigh squish. Uh, but yeah, like the, the taking out the teeth, like in that 
in that scene in particular. Like when I was watching, it, I was like, "Well, it's obvious like where this movie is gonna go." But then to see like the actual squish happen, and know you have that moment where it's like she's like on the brink essentially, uh, only for you know the guy to like dig his like nails into like the the bed in. It was like a nice touch uh, on on top of that. Um, but it, it's just one of those things. It's like I I love that you know you have this church mouse character, and obviously like you're always going to be like at ends with like the morality aspect of this because like obviously what she's doing is frowned upon, especially like with the religious standpoint of view. Uh, and even though like she kind of has an understanding of like why her you know why the other people in this group are doing it, like she was really left with like no other choice at this point because like the 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 cult had essentially moved on like they dropped her off and just like went on their own way uh, but we do kind of have that moment when like we have our like our our house call so to speak where they go to visit her make sure like you know she's okay uh but they still just kind of like leave her where she's at and that's like really like one of the first signs where it's like okay there's definitely something more at play here because it seems like that they would basically abandon her only to come back and then be like oh well we made our choice so we're just gonna move on at this point it's one of those moments where i i wish that it has been set a little later so people could be like texting people and, mm-hmm. and she could have been like hey sorry killing immoral people be home soon, you know, and so the the trying to argue those two points, it's like it 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 would have made for a lesser movie if you know she had gotten to a point where she could have come home to her people. I it just it just it wouldn't have it just wouldn't have worked as well. But with with her character and as as much back and forth as that she did. I obviously it was the second watch where I was I was paying attention to her character and it was like it was the second watch where I was really like okay I think I know why she's here um and there are things that she does things that she says um she uses the word cleansing mm-hmm. a lot um and but she uses it in a lot of different contexts so it's like it wasn't until the second watch where I was like okay, I see what she's doing. And ultimately, there wasn't anybody at this truck stop that she, quote-unquote, cared for. She was just there for a, a purge, basically, is what she was doing. But the with the religious people, and especially when they come back for her, um, and, you know, her brother is there, her brother Noah, and you know, Theo goes in to talk to her and Noah's standing outside and then you have Riley who comes out and gives that that poor kid. I, can you imagine being that age and a chick that hot flashes her tits at you? <laughs> I, I would have just I would have I would have come in my pants, fell over, and then just not knowing what to So I mean but I think it, it, it works to show the ultimate like absurdity between with what one group thinks is right and what another group thinks is right. And, you know, when it comes to sex work, I mean, it's like the oldest job title in the history of time, right? 
I mean, as soon as one woman figured out that there's six guys in town that would pay for it, it became a job. Mm-hmm. So it's not, you know, and I, ultimately, if, if you're okay with it, live your life, do what you're doing. But there's always going to be this uh, moral clause stapled to it. And it's like, well, how can you do that? And it's like, well, I can do it because it makes me money. I mean, and if you're honest with yourself, most of us go out every single day and do a job that we don't want to be doing. We'd rather be anywhere else doing anything else. So in in a sense, we're all whores. We just don't call it that, you know? And so I think one of the brilliant things that this movie did is it showed you that you can go out and you can do that and you can be okay with it. Mm. Now, it it wouldn't be much fun if somebody didn't have a little bit of ambiguity towards it and wasn't thinking, maybe I could get out of this. Um, but at the same time, it's like, so why does it make one person better than the other? And I, I mean, there are billionaire CEOs that are whores for what they do. It, it, it does it doesn't matter it's it it isn't any different um but these are people that at a baser level are living i mean if you break it down ultimately a pretty simple life their their friends are simple their life is simple so they live is simple and they're just doing what they need to do to like get by i mean and honestly it's more appealing i think than a complicated life of where you have to Go up to certain things and be a certain way and do a certain thing and all all these other things that we're expected to do that are just ultimately bullshit because they don't fucking matter. You know, it's just like, just be who you are and be okay with it. And beyond that, who gives a fuck? Mm-hmm. And really, you know, because of, you know, the nature of the profession of the characters, uh, it does mean that, of course, Candyland is packed with a ton of nudity. Um, and yeah, much of it is, you know, sexualized, but... Um, you know, it's it's also a situation where like they're not really afraid to just like thrust a naked form onto the screen, like even during like some of the more mundane scenes, uh, too. Uh, but this movie really is like when when you look at it, like the characters are body positive. You know, they're really unashamed of, uh, you know what they're doing. You know. Uh, and they they understand how, you know, their bodies are seen and they ter- interpreted by those around them, and, you know, they're not afraid of their sexuality. They really embrace it. Um, so, you know, you, you kind of, like, have that moment where it's, like, uh, you know, it, it's really easy to see, like, how these women are, like, demonstrating that, you know, they they're, they don't see themselves as the victims. Like, they're they're taking back, you know, the, the body of, like, their, their own bodies, uh, in this case. Like, they are the ones who are in control, uh, and it's something that is proved just by the rules of work and, uh, being communicated to our, our church mouse, uh, character. Uh, and it's, it, it's so weird to, like, see, like, how she progresses, too, in just a way that it's, like, you know, really early on, she's cautious, but, like, in, like, the, in the coming-of-age tale, so to speak, like, you do have that moment when it's just, like, you know, you have, like, the next clientele, and... You know, it's like out in the lot and like Remy really takes it upon herself to like be the one to go deal with the trucker uh, in this case. 
And it's just one of those things where it's like the girls are asking, like, are you know, are are you sure you're ready? Like, do do you have a rubber on you? Like, making sure like she's situated and she's ready to like you know do the deed, uh, air quote. Uh, and obviously, like this guy is just an absolute asshole. Uh, and you know he he doesn't want to wear the raincoat, especially when it comes to uh, receiving head. Which, you know, understandable, but, like, you know, the the girls are constantly saying, like, you know, make sure, like, you know, you protect yourself. And, uh, of course, practicing safe sex in this line of work is very important because, you know, who knows, you know, who you're coming across and, you know, the people that you're, uh, you are dealing with or, you know, if they have any sort of, like, STDs or infections or anything like that. Uh, so, I, well, I, I really like the unless- thing... Unless there's an extra forty in the cup holder. Yeah, you know, you some of them, some yeah. of them do like dip, dip their hand in that dish, you know, to you know earn a little bit of cash. But not all of them partake in that either. Absolutely, that was just so mind blowing to me that it was like for an extra forty, you can go without that. And I found myself thinking, I'm going to be a realist here for a second. I'm at a truck stop, and I'm banging a woman who is, you know a prostitute for a living I like I uh, like could I pay more and wear extra condoms I mean I just I don't like I I mean do what you're doing right but it's like when it comes to the protection of things it's like I think I would want to like double triple up that shit just to make sure like I don't like I would not want to pay extra to go without I, that doesn't make any sense to me like so if she did that th- huh what i don't i don't get what you're saying um because that came up uh, uh, like during the uh the training montage mm-hmm. and then also when we met that trucker he was like there's an extra 40 in the cup holder and it was like i, I one of the rings where I, I was honestly just like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> like I, so you're paying extra to be exposed potentially to a disease of some sort it doesn't it, it's like going up to the deli and saying could i pay 10 extra dollars a pound for my salami and you give it salmonella like i don't i don't like i why would you do that it just didn't make any sense but again i didn't write the movie but I, it, it, one of those things where they they take the tribulations that are potential in all these things and they put them right in your face, which I think is uh, interesting because for most movies, you know, of this of this sort where I mean, because we're talking about hookers at a truck stop. I don't think anybody wants to talk about getting VD, mm-hmm. but they put it right out there. It's just it's right there. And it's like, well, OK, I will consider that the next time I'm cruising the southern border for a lot. I'll do that. You know, I think one of the more intriguing aspects of the story, too, at least like with the group dynamic, uh, is you know with Levi, because obviously like his story veers uh, differently from you know all of the girls. Like obviously, like the men uh, are using the women, uh, and you know they're mostly strangers in this case. You know they're looking purely to seek that sort of gratification from you know just a willing body. Uh, but in Levi's case, you know. Uh, he he does have a regular, you know, he has Sheriff Rex and, you know, as I said, like Rex is definitely, you know, infatuated uh, with the young man. But obviously, like there's 
there there's a danger to like each of the sort of encounters uh with rex because like he really uses like his sort of like status to, like kind of like do like have that sort of like domination over levi because obviously like he does hold the power of you know the badge and whatnot uh, and it's a, a dynamic that you know has uh played out between men and women like constantly but not really something that we've been seeing like with the same sex uh you know in, in this case so it kind of like veers us into like a newer direction uh at least for that and you know a, a lot of times you know at least on screen here you know levi is objectified in a way uh that is usually reserved for the females uh in, in particular in, in this case uh which Again, very different from, you know, the, you know, the standards and the norms that we're used to seeing, uh, you know, in, in horror. Uh, so it, it's interesting to see. You, I was going to say, I, I think you're right that we, we often get beat about the head and face with the men dominating women thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And when it comes to horror, uh, a, a man dominating a man is something that is. I can't think of a time where I saw that. Mm -hmm. It's I, I don't think I have anything. Um, at the same time, though, I think I, I don't there wasn't anything particularly mean or anything that was particularly uh, I, I'm oversimplifying. There wasn't anything particularly bad. It just seemed like with Levi and the sheriff, it was a game. And, you know, I mean, and it, I never got the vibe that if Levi wanted to walk away, he couldn't. Um, it, it, I, I always got the vibe that he was like, it, OK, with the game, you know, because I mean, the sheriff ultimately didn't do anything terrible to him. I mean, there were some things that were a little bit maybe emasculating, but. I mean, I don't know that that wasn't part of the game, so I don't know for sure. Um, but, you know, as we get towards the end of the movie, we I think we understand how the sheriff felt about Levi, mm -hmm. right? And so, I mean, I think you're right. That was definitely a new thing in a new-ish thing in movies where they went out of their way to have... I mean, ultimately, be have to to have a same sex relationship be the predominant relationship, the one that you were supposed to feel the most for. And I, I felt it. I was like, I felt bad for the sh like at the end. It was just like, oh, the sheriff was in love, and I'm like, okay, whatever. Love is love. I don't give a fuck. Do whatever you're gonna do. Um, but to see it in a movie was it's something newish for me. Like I don't think I'd ever seen that. Um. At the same time, though, when you have your character like Sadie, who was, I mean, and it was a little cookie cutter ish, let's call it that, you know, she was looking to get out. I mean, that was not something completely new, but at the same time, having it be somebody that was perceived as part of her group or part of her tribe that was like, fighting actively against her, you know, and saying that it's okay. You just need to be, and I hear we go with the, with the cleansed, you need to be cleansed. And it's like that part of the whole thing. And just the, what is called the wholesale slaughter part of it. 
it, it was it, something that was it, it dynamically it was a little bit it was a little bit new and it was kind of i think a big piece of why i like this movie so much it's like there was not something that you normally see mm-hmm. yeah so obviously uh you know remy has her her sort of like sexual awakening and that's really that put what pushes like the film down like that different sort of direction that's when we have our sort of like slew of stabbings that occur uh in the movie and of course all of that is done with a concealed blade uh which is <clears throat> in the cross that remy is constantly carrying around or even sleeping with uh you know even like before she has like her her own room and you see her uh with two of the other girls who are a couple <laughs> uh and she's like sleeping on the bed like her back is turned to them because you know obviously like they're fooling around a little bit and she's just like clutching the cross uh you know up against her chest as this is going on uh but i i thought it was interesting too like they kind of like sprinkled in like later on like telling us like oh yeah like you know my my mother gave this to me so it's like well how how far back does this like this cult go like how deep is the connection like how long has this sort of thing been going on because like obviously like there's there's a moment towards the third act where it's like okay like we we now have like more of the picture uh of like what what their plan was and you had that moment where you know, I mean, it's like, you know, you were you were supposed to wait for me because, you know, at the end of the day, the the cult had like their it was a, it's a suicide circle, really, or suicide cult, however you want to however you want to phrase it. And she was really heartbroken when when she found out and just, you know, came across like all of the bodies uh, at, at that point in time. But but I love that, like, we, we have the interactions where it's, like, even, like, some of the other girls, like, see the blade out in open sight, where it's just, like, oh, like, you know, what what the hell is this? And, of course, like, there's there's no no second thought to just using the dagger right then and there on some of our characters, like, regardless of that, regardless of, like, how, what sort of, like, bonds are being formed between her and some of the other girls in this. You know, Remy is a... A, a woman on a mission when it comes to like this whole cleansing process that she's doing. There are so many spots where she comes off as something of a misandrist. And at the same time, they try to fight it too, because I mean, her, her one true sexual encounter in this movie, like where she is a willing participant is with Levi. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, I mean, so for all the pictures they've painted in this movie, this is one place where you just go, like you hear the record scratch and you're like, what? And it, it like it, it makes the least and also the most sense at the same time. It's like, you know, for for Levi, because he has he has obviously um, kind of become smitten with her. And they show that, you know, over the course of the movie where he's becoming more and more sort of like, oh, I, I like you. You have a nice smile. He does all these things, and so her her one sexual encounter it was with him. But then, even then, it's like she submits to the sexual encounter, but then stabs him to death with a pencil of all things. And it's like it, it it's so it's so weird slash kind of up in the air. It's like so like why would you do that? Why would you allow that to happen? But it also kind of starts her. We'll call it her killing spree. And then you know, as we talked last night, it was like. 
I was I was sure that in this movie that they were because I we started referring to her as Bucky Beaver because mm-hmm. she has the the and like they're not gonna give us anything. But then they had that one moment in the shower where turns out she has got a glorious pair of feet. Um, but when she put her hand on the shower wall and then sort of did that did that double imprint of the blood on the wall, um, what I took away from that with a double the double hand imprint on the wall is that she was at, at least emotionally trying to play two sides of a fence like she didn't know exactly she was going to do um but then after she slaughters everybody i mean and she killed everybody but the sheriff and the sheriff shows up and he's just like you know what's happening and all these things happened it, it was a little bit of a mystery to me at how we got from she killed everybody to him taking her home. It seemed like there was a little bit of a, mm-hmm. like we might've cut a couple of corners there. Um, but then getting to the very end of this and the whole like heaven's gate cult thing that they had going on, all that, all they, all that they're missing was the Nikes. That's all they were missing. Um, get into the end. I, I liked the end. Um, they should have spent a little more time there, and it was probably the unnecessarily fastest-paced piece of the movie. Mm-hmm. They could have spent a little more time there. Because um, it just... It, I don't know if they ran out of money, or they had, like, a... Like, somebody had a stopwatch. The end of the movie was a little too abrupt for me. The rest of it was fantastic, but the, getting to the end... But it was still good in the sense... And the... Her stabbing herself and there's her spitting the blood up and the way the blood landed on her face and that was really good. It was really I I, I see the end of that movie and with the, her spitting the blood, it was just the hard part of that end scene was the Billy Baldwin um, acting. Um, and the funny part of this is that for the whole movie, I thought it was the other other. Baldwin brother, um, the guy who was in Vampires, and it wasn't. It was William Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just turns out that apparently if you don't act a lot, you can puff up a little bit and look like somebody else. Um, so that, like, honestly, when I saw that tonight, I, I, I had a minute down here where I was just like, I sat, I just laughed. Like, I, I'm, I'm sure somebody else has faced this moment, but I had the wrong Baldwin. <laughs> It was the wrong ball. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And I'm like, that's the guy that was in backdraft. Holy shit. <laughs> and I thought it was the other, other ball one. So I, I mean, uh, so all things being equal. Yeah. This, this movie, I mean, it, societally, socially has got lots of things to say. It's got lots of things to say about um, women and their empowerment when it comes to their sexuality and doing whatever they want. And nobody should judge them. And I don't think anybody should too. Um, the, the one bit of sexual violence was a same-sex people. Um, that was a new thing for a slasher movie for me. I don't think I'd ever seen that before, and it was just the part that probably surprised me is that I was not worried about that it was same-sex people. I was more worried about the violence and how the character was feeling, and it horrified me. Um, so that tells me that I'm more enlightened than I thought I was. So I appreciated that. Um. Overall, man, this was yeah. I 
like I said, when I first read the synopsis, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, Glenn, go get laid. Just go get laid, dude. And this was not that movie. This was not about that. This was about anything but that. The The sexual aspects of this whole thing are a part of it, but there's so much more story going on here, and there's so much more people just trying to be people, trying to get by, and Ultimately, it is not any different than people that go to an office or people that go to a car wash or people that go to a clothing store and they're just trying to get by. We are all in one shape or another pouring ourselves out. These just tend to be a lot of people that are okay with it. Yeah, and with uh, <clears throat> with with the sheriff and Levi, you know, obviously, like after after the the sexual assault you know you do have that moment in the truck when you know the sheriff is basically like confesses like how much levi means to him and he's you know he's glad he's okay and you know everything you know he he has a moment where he he tries he tries to push for more at the absolute worst fucking time they could possibly do something after someone's just been sexually assaulted. He tries to make a sort of advance and, you know, he, it, it really, you know, shines a light on the like, dude, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, this is the last scene I, I want right now. Uh, but, but I'm glad like they, they did spend a little bit of time after the fact, like after, you know, Levi's death scene, um, when, you know, you, you know, you have that grieving moment for the sheriff. And then when he, he, he does get to, uh, you know, obviously confront, you know, church mouse when all is said and done, but he, he doesn't really get like the, the necessary like satisfaction at the end of it because like, you know, you have that like standoff moment when like he has his, you know, his finger on the trigger. Uh, but obviously like Remy has other ideas in regards to like how, how, how she wants to see her end, uh, which, you know, comes to fruition uh, in that case. Um, so it was kind of like, it was interesting to see like, okay, like, well, Where's the sheriff going to go from this point? Because, like, obviously, like, that was, like... I'm not going to say, like, his... His being, because, like, obviously, like, he's still married, but it's just, like... Obviously, like, Levi had a very special connection uh, to him, and, like, that is completely separate uh, at, at this point in time. But, man, that that scene with Remy and and Levi, as, as they're just, you know, they're, they're hooking up and... The stabbing occurs, and just the bloodletting in that scene just really puts like the the sort of like orgasm that she has completely over the top because it, you know obviously like the body is so slippery at this point the blood is just everywhere and you just see it smeared all over uh, Levi's back and like to me like that was one of the most like striking visuals of like this whole movie. It's just like seeing that moment and like obviously like seeing the expression on her face as this is going on, but. You know, I, I, I laugh so hard because it's like you had that moment where it's just like, oh, man, she's going to basic instinct him. Not It's definitely not a nice pick, but, uh, you know, a pencil will still do the trick. Oh, sure, it's close enough. But I think that is probably the spot where they they tie the earlier character's um, bathroom stall and thanking the truck stop gods to that moment where it's so over the top and... Between the body and Remy, I mean, they're just coated in blood. But I mean, but but I also think that's part of, like, uh, almost like her 
finally coming into her own and finally understanding because she's finally gotten a little bit of the knob. So mm-hmm. she's, you know, she can't. So it's it, it symbolizes the taking of her virginity and the blood that comes with that. Um, but then also her sort of emulsifying her place as this killer, right? And because, I mean, the only thing that she does other than like staging bodies and things like that is she goes and takes a shower just just to wash the blood off only to be coated in blood again later in the movie. So, I mean, it's not even that she's like passing it off like it's nothing. It's like, I've done this. But that but there's a piece of it that's like also like, especially when she goes and takes a shower and then we finally get to see Bucky Beaver's boobs, which was awesome. Thank you, directors, whatever. I appreciated that. But it's also like her cleansing too. Like she's gone through all this and now she's cleansing herself. But that, and then after that is when she like puts back on like her church frock, mm-hmm. you know, and she's going to just be like back to this. I'm so pure and innocent. And it's like, I think the seeing the seeing everybody at the end of the movie being dead, like they didn't wait for her. It's like they all knew she wasn't going to come back, Peter, anyway. Mm-hmm. So I was like, girl, we might as well punch out because she's she's not coming back from this place. And but that's what makes it all that more horrifying in the end. It's like everybody knew, but we all had our part to play and we played it. And this is how it was supposed to kind of play out. And I mean, Honestly, now that I've now that I have done some googling and I know everything, I'm, the most horrifying thing is that I had the wrong Baldwin. <laughs> I'm I'm really horrified by that. I I thought it was I I think I thought it was Danny Baldwin and not William Baldwin, <laughs> because now William Baldwin looks like Danny Baldwin, and I'm sure that's not was not his goal in life. But you know, controlling for lot lizards, I suppose it is what it is. Absolutely. Uh, so I know we have one more recording for our best of 2023. So I, I, I'm really curious because you, you, you know, you're like, okay, I'm just gonna wait till the end of uh, our our next episode. So what, what do we got next week? We are gonna watch Nefarious. Nefarious. Okay. Well, the fact that you're googling makes me happy. Well, I'm, I'm writing down, but yeah, I know, I know, I haven't seen it. Just based okay. on the title. I was able to see it in the theater. It was in a theater by me for like three days. Um, And I have not seen it since, but another one of those movies that stuck with me. Um, And it has, um, what is it? Sean Patrick Flannery from Boondock Saints um, as a death row inmate who um, is talking to a psychologist and is claiming to be a demon. Um, Mm. and it is, it starts out hot, like hot, like, and then it slows down and then it gives you this. So it's like, it's sort of, it kind of gives you the two for one, gives you the half and half as it were we're talking about tonight. So it starts out really hot and it slows down and it builds up. And one of those rare movies where I I generally don't like a, a slow burn. This movie is a slow burn, and it is so worth it. It is so worth it. Okay. So we'll be watching that on Twisted Tuesday this upcoming week, so be sure to join us uh, at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time for Nefarious, uh, which will 
wrap up our best of 2023 uh, for our next recording. Uh, so in the meantime, guys, I hope you enjoy your weeks. Again, it's it's a holiday week, so hope everyone has a Merry Christmas or whatever you celebrate. Um, definitely going to be a hectic week uh, across the board. Uh, mm-hmm. And obviously, like, we couldn't, like, stagger our recordings like we normally would in this case because of the holiday. But that's fine. You know, do the double recording. I still have somewhat of a voice, so I'll consider that a success. And uh, I will just leave it at that. Happy Festivus, everybody. (laughs) Absolutely. You guys have a good night.